Hello everyone and welcome to the Aura. My name is Gabby and this is the first ever episode of Aura. And for those of you who haven't come across Aura before, which is every single one of you because this is the first episode, let me tell you what it is. It is a community where siblings touched by autism and special needs can connect and share their experiences that perhaps haven't been discussed before. Each week in the Aura is something different, so please join us with a drink as we laugh, as we cry, as we connect. So without further ado, our first guest is Ellie Rose, and she is a 24-year-old musician from London who has a wonderful sister called Loretta who has Down syndrome. I'm going to give Ellie a ring now and invite her into the Aura. Hello! How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Have you got a drink? Yes. Vodka and iced tea. Love it. Love it. I've got a vodka and elderflower and tonic. Wonderful. Well, I'm so excited to have you on here with me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So I think we should start with, firstly, how we know each other. So Ellie's husband um, is my boyfriend's stepbrother. And consequently, your sister Loretta knew my current boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. I think they, I think they went to school, or she went to school with Giles's sister, and they, yeah, so they knew each other as babies, and she's absolutely so in love with him. Cute. <laughs> I find that such a small world how that can just come back around. I know, and also like we went to school, like to kind of similar schools, and swam in the same circles. Meant to be. Meant to, be. All meant to be. We're meant to be doing this right now, Ellie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to speak about a lot of things, but I think we mainly need to start with the early stages, um, firstly, and your experiences. I think the first thing to ask would be, when did you start to realise as a young child why Loretta was the way that she was, and how old were you at the time? Mm. Well, Loretta was 11 when mm-hmm. I was born. Um, and I have another older sister called Lexi, who was nine. So they kind of grew up together more. And then I came along. I can't really think of a time that I didn't know that Loretta had Down syndrome. It was always like she had, you know, quirks mm. <laughs> in her behavior. <laughs> but um, but there wasn't, like, I didn't really experience much of the early stuff. Mm. You, like she used to have hearing aids and wear glasses and kind of struggled with her speech and stuff but I wasn't really around for that also when you're that age when you're young you you see it as a normality don't you you think Mm -hmm. oh that's just my sister Loretta or that's my brother Josh and I think what I did as well is that I definitely blocked it out so Mm -hmm. a lot I don't remember either the specific time that I thought oh my brother's different or you know I wasn't really aware of it until I was maybe late teens, really. I mean, 15, 16 was when I really started to understand it. Do you remember a specific time that, I, I mean, I don't know your situation, but for me, there definitely was a strain on family life. And did you find that there was a strain or was it kind of quite easygoing? Or? I mean, I think, I don't know if this is the same for you, but I definitely remember kind of when you have to explain to people, mm-hmm. like I'd have to explain to my friends. I think that was the kind of... yeah you know, time that it was ever really spoken about for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I come from a pretty big family. And mm-hmm. it's quite funny because Loretta, well, she still lives at home and she's 35 now, but, she, you know, she was living at home and 
she was 18 or whatever but then my parents had another baby <laughs> so that, it was kind of a madhouse anyway um but they it was super because we had quite a strong network of people around us like a mm-hmm. lot of my parents really good friends also had children um with down syndrome or, or other special needs so there was always kind of a big network but yeah I mean they're definitely there's always I think tricky times in families and arguments and I have three sisters so so a lot of fiery and fiery women was she um difficult was she was she naughty or was she quite well behaved most of the time because for me I mean it's quite different but I'm just interested to know if she was growing up was she naughty or was she just oh yeah very naughty very naughty yeah super naughty um and yeah sometimes I mean she's eased up a lot she's like super chill now but when we were kids like when me and my younger sister were kind of yeah really young Mm. we'd like sneak in her room and play with her stuff and like you know try and put everything back Mm -hmm. exactly as we found it before she got home she'd get home and somehow she'd know (laughs) so we'd like picked up her barbies and she'd scream They literally remember where everything <laughs> was, where they put everything. But it's interesting for me, I mean, without sounding too depressing, it was very, very hard. And mm. I, myself and my family were attacked daily, um, attacked to the point there was blood um, coming through shirts. Um, it was traumatic for us, um, especially my, my parents. He would, day in and day out, he would slam a door all day and jump and slam a door and jump and and you know what a door's like when it's slammed it's I mean so he'd do that and then the minute you would say Josh stop doing that he would then attack and he you know he was he did this for about five years and obviously as he got bigger it was quite a hazard I mean if a cat I mean your cat's jumped on me before and that's been scary you know let alone an actual person um so I growing up I definitely it it really affected me, but then I kind of repressed it and I, I blocked it out. Um, yeah. And interestingly, I just remember just flashbacks of running away from him and lock, lock, we had these things called the pencil locks where we put this lock on the door and we put a pencil through. And I remember just holding against the door, him trying to come in and attack me. And it's just so interesting how those are the things I remember. Um, yeah, that's so hard. Uh, yeah, but it's just crazy how when you're young, your brain, you just learn to deal with it in a certain way, don't you? And you mm-hmm. forget and it comes out in different ways. But um, I guess it's hard for you as well because you're, you're his big sister. So you probably mm-hmm. have that protective like aspect where you want to look after him and make sure that he's not thrown mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, today we were watching a program and a child with autism and he was super violent and he... Mm-hmm had attacked his mum and burned down their house. And it's like just seeing how heartbroken she was that she couldn't care for him anymore. It's heartbreaking. And it's really it, sad. You know, the, the emotions that you feel when you're attacked by your own child or your brother, it's it's a weird feeling because it's like you want to push them away, but it's also like you you don't want to push them back, you know? Mm-hmm. When I was in school and I'd have friends around, I can laugh about it now, but I had a friend round. I used to play saxophone. One minute, Josh throws my saxophone down the stairs, hits my friend at the bottom of the stairs, hurts her like leg or arm. And obviously children are t- 
12, 11 are quite precious, they're going to cry. My mum then had to explain to my friend's mum, like, sorry, like Gabby's brother threw a saxophone at you. It's like, oh my goodness, like you just forget all the em- embarrassment. What was it like for you at school? Um, I guess it's kind of, yeah, Loretta's so mild mm. mannered. Mm. She definitely can shout, but mm-hmm. she's never been like a very angry person at all. Um, but I do remember, yeah, there's definitely been a few occasions where she really likes like saucy lingerie and I'd be like in the kitchen with no. my friends and stop it. But I mean, I love that. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely like you have to explain it. And, and she actually, she's super nocturnal and she watches uh, TV at night and she loves like ER and EastEnders and all this really dramatic stuff. And there'll be like 4am and I'll like have had a, someone over for a sleepover and she'd be like screaming and laughing oh and shouting <laughs> and, and it's so funny because oh. we like my whole family we'd kind of tune it out but somebody would like be around and they'd be like oh, what's happening oh, I love that like, it's true because you get used to it and also so my brother has oral dyspraxia and I feel like Loretta has something similar where you can't understand really what they're saying right mm-hmm. yeah she's dyspraxia yeah so has she got the same oral dyspraxia? I don't, I, I don't know. She has dyspraxia, but I think, yeah, she has a speech impediment. She stutters. <laughs> I find that you can, to you, like me speaking to Josh, I can understand everything. It's the same as you and Loretta, but obviously when you have yeah. friends around and you, they're like, what are they You have to say? translate. <laughs> you literally have to translate, which is hilarious. And it's just yeah. like, it's just little things like that. I just think. Well, that was like Loretta's speech at our wedding. I was having to like translate as we go but it's so funny with Loretta because she has literally like the most incredible memory and so she'll be speaking and then she'll bring up something from like 20 years ago and then trying to like understand that and then translate it and keep up as I just love it and it's like Josh he thinks he can remember when he was in the womb oh wow maybe they are also just such a blessing they bring so much joy and happiness Mm -hmm. but I did find at school I mean it's good that you didn't find it too difficult but I remember I mean I stupidly put myself onto this but do you remember form spring yes so which was just basically an online bullying site I mean you could just yeah it was horrible that wouldn't be allowed now would it I mean no there was so many horrible things said about me on there oh right and you mm-hmm. let that happen you post it like guys post, post what you think about me and yeah and I remember doing it I had a few about my brother and you know your brother's weird or your brother's this and it, it just really upset me it's just interesting isn't it but I think growing up as well you realize um just how kind of lucky you are in a way and I think also because Loretta was older than you right so she was 11 mm-hmm. years older than you so I think by the time you were old enough she had matured and she was yeah. fairly well behaved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think my my sister Lexi, like, um, is some is similar age to Loretta. Mm. She probably had different stories because they also went to school together and uh-huh. kind of grew up together. Mm. But um, yeah, I think the weirdest part is like the judgment from the outside. Everybody has an opinion, mm-hmm. which is so bizarre because it's yeah. it's like they haven't experienced anything like it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so rare. Like I, none of my friends at school had siblings with right. learning difficulties or anything. And it um, made such a difference to know that other people have the same experiences as you and worries mm-hmm. and anxieties. 
And it's just like you said, it's the explaining to people, isn't it? It's just explaining mm-hmm. things. Josh used to, oh my goodness, it was so bad. But like, you know, those sandcastles that people make professionally, like in oh, the, yeah. whatever, we would be in Mallorca on holiday and he would just, we'd walk down and he would just run up to these things that people have taken ages to build and just smash them up. And be <laughs> just hard to be like, he's autistic, he's autistic. Yeah. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And it was just, he just had no shame. He was just absolutely reckless and poor thing. I mean, he obviously must have been going through so much. But the same holiday, he'd like, <laughs> he had an allergy to gluten. And my mum had to take a chip, um, a chip pan on holiday with us because that was all he ate. So she had to make, like, cook the chips in this chip pan. And he then threw the chip pan over the balcony and the chip pan landed next to the like communal pool in our complex like there's so many things that he did we were just like <gasps> yeah that is just having to explain endlessly like he's autistic and then someone would shout at him because they don't necessarily know yeah that's hard as well when people i remember being on a bus she like fell into somebody and they like had a full on go at her no. and I was like well firstly you didn't offer her a seat and Loretta was just gutted because there was nothing she could do so that that's kind of weird trying to explain people that are angry and um oh and she's such a pure soul she's so I know big. so like such a good right? good person but it is it is funny and she she would kind of always point at people and say it's because she would think everyone's famous so I'm be like, oh my god fuzzy bear to like oh some god. dude that's like with a beard and a bit scruffy and they'd be oh like my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um and she's had ambulances called so many times for her because she'd be walking down the street and buckle and trip over oh. and then kind of think she's in an episode of EastEnders and start screaming <laughs> goodness I just love it and that story you told me about um with her wearing the police jacket just oh yeah she because she start she did yeah she did kind of a lot of um travel studies and stuff at college mm. and kind of learned how to work the buses and stuff and yeah the kind of one time she was going to a hospital appointment on her own the Pope had come to visit and she got completely lost and we were trying to find her for hours, but she was in a policeman's jacket. And so we just thought she was a policeman. We couldn't find her for ages. Thousands of people trying to see the Pope. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I find that brilliant. I could just imagine you just running past her trying. Oh, it, I remember it was me and my dad for hours. And we walked past her, like, must have been like 50 times. She was wow. there in a policeman's jacket. That is brilliant. Do you yeah. find that she, this is slightly off topic, but do you find that she has any, like, obsessions with anything? Oh, definitely. She's very into her routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets very, like, thrown if her routine yeah. is off. That's but very she has, to have, she has to have chicken and chips every Friday oh. from, like, the chicken shop. <laughs> and oh. that's, like, every Friday. And if it doesn't happen, all wow. hell will break loose so wow. it, you know if somebody has like a wedding or something on a Friday there's to be a lot of negotiation like where the chicken and chips can fit in. and they don't like sudden change do they I mean if you were suddenly to say I'm really sorry but you can't have chicken and chips today that would just be meltdown right totally and it's actually what well, the whole quarantine thing has been quite difficult because mm-hmm. all of her routines have gone out the window and she she likes 
going to the shop every day on her own, mm-hmm. walking to the shop, and she can't do that. So it's, it's amazing she can go to the shop on her own. It's interesting how different the spectrum is, isn't it? Because Josh, for example, is he's very high functioning in the sense that he understands everything, but he he could never live on his own. He, he's not independent at all. And it's just super interesting because he would genuinely understand everything I say. He can recognize a lot of things, but he his own skills for living independently are just not there at all. Um, but he's only 19 as well. I don't know if Loretta went to the shops and stuff. I guess we're talking about two completely different things as well. But mm. yeah, I don't think Loretta could live completely independently either. They do, what I've seemed to notice, the patterns, that they do seem to get a, a lot better with age, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. Josh, I mean, in the last two years, he's changed so much. I mean, now he's he's just an absolute angel. I mean, he, he loves cleaning the house. He literally takes pride in cleaning the house. He <laughs> painted my room with my dad. He, I mean, he does everything. He put my side table together and he loves it. And he's just so good at putting things together. And he started moving things around and styling the house. It's adorable. And like the way he acts now is so different to even a year ago. And yeah. now he would never he would never hit or scratch or attack or anything like that. The only thing that throws him would be if there was an argument. Any sort of change in tone of voice, he would he would freak out and slam the door and shout. Mm-hmm. Which is quite hard because obviously you need to argue sometimes and you feel a bit restricted thing. Is he studying at the moment? Well, he's at school. He's at a school um, in Hassocks, which is amazing. Um, and he's finishing this year and then he's going to a new, I think it's an agricultural college um, in September, also for special needs children. Ah, uh, I need to meet him. You do need to meet him. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to see Loretta again. We need to bring Giles to see her. She's trying to steal your boyfriend. I know. <laughs> Do you find it hard nowadays to talk about Loretta or are you quite comfortable with it? Because, I mean, you're so confident as a person. Do you find that, you know, you kind of sometimes use humour to deflect or are you just quite comfortable with it? I think um, it depends. Like, sometimes her health issues and stuff can mm-hmm. be, like, hard to talk about. And it's funny, like, the most silly things make me tear up sometimes. Mm-hmm. I find that all the time. Her. Yeah. And that that's quite weird and I never really talk about it. But yeah, like certain things will get me really emotional when I think about her. But I mean, yeah, she she's she's super she's such a bright and happy person. She's such like the life of the party mm-hmm. that there's always something to be saying mm-hmm. about her. Um and she she lives at home at the moment with my parents and my sister who's seventeen. And they're like two peas in a pod, which is so uh, funny. They have an eighteen year age cat. But yeah, I think with like what's going on at the moment, it's been quite hard because she's definitely been struggling and been super low, actually, which is really hard to talk around to see. But yeah, I, I think it just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it kind of goes back to that, like everybody does have an opinion and sometimes it's just not worth getting into discussions that welcome. What kind of opinions? Unwanted opinions. Um, I think when you talk about, because she's, 35 now and she's an mm-hmm. adult a lot of people have opinions on what her future should be or where <gasps> she should be and you kind of meet very like people have opinions like, on that definitely and it's like so always cool. in the most random context like oh like she's still at home like whatever <gasps> no I'm sorry I just have to say I find that shocking it's really strange they haven't grown up with her they 
They didn't yeah. give birth to her. They have no idea the ins yeah. and outs of what you've been through as a family. And also, she might not be able to move out on her own. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's actually like, this is the other thing I think people don't realise is, you know, there's so many, there's actually so many options. And yeah. every person, regardless of if they have learning difficulties or not, they're a unique person. So you need to find what's right for them. So the plan is definitely to find her a great, kind of future plan but it's mm-hmm. taking time and figuring out what she would want and enjoy mm-hmm. um I mean, and where she would thrive and that's the thing is that I also find is a massive stress and anxiety for me and I'm sure it is for you is just the future I mean you're very lucky you have two other sisters but for me I mean it just cripples me like daily like I just I can't wrap my head around what's going to happen and that's why I came up with Aura and why we're doing this now. Two weeks ago, I just had this overwhelming sense of just anxiety and dread and just panic Mm -hmm. and had a panic attack and spoke to my parents and they obviously calmed me down. But then obviously a week later, I just had this thought, like there are people who have the same fears as me out there. There's probably thousands, if not millions. And how can I connect these people? How can we all come together and speak about it? Because I mean, I don't know about you, but I barely speak about it. You know, it's all well and good to post a pretty picture on Instagram, but yeah. no one knows. I could have just been pushed two hours ago, you know? No yeah, one yeah. And, and there needs to be like a safe space to kind of talk about the trials and tribulations as well. Like I, I before meeting you, you know, that I didn't really have many people in my circle that right like there would even be a point in having a conversation with the back because you'd have to explain so much you've got to explain everything and I think it's definitely food for the soul to be able to talk freely about it and just to hear different people's stories and how they've dealt with it and Mm -hmm. you know for me my biggest anxiety would be the future and I mean I've mentioned it to you before but just knowing that there's other people out there who have that same fear as me it's just amazing and it just you can realize that there's other people suffering with that anxiety too and that there's a plan maybe um I mean my goal is to build auras little auras around the UK Mm -hmm. um a farm where they can work um in a cafe or like they can you know do agriculture or you know look after the animals and just be safe and And I just also find that, like you said, there's people who have differing opinions. I think also with work as well, with jobs, I think people Mm -hmm. can just just assume that, oh, they can get a job at Morrison's stacking shelves. But it's it's not as simple as that. And then you've got the whole other worry of what are the colleagues going to be like? Are they going to be nice? Are they going to be understanding? Mm-hmm. You want to protect your family. Exactly. And I think we have such an overwhelming sense of we have to be that sister, we have to be protective, we have to make sure they're okay. And I think subconsciously that does weigh down on you, um, especially when you don't talk about it. But it's also important to realise that they just bring us so much joy and they are just so special and they are honestly the purest souls and they're just your little angel, aren't they? Mm -hmm. It's nice though, like to actually kind of reminisce on stories as well, (laughs) because there's definitely you know, growing up with a sibling with special needs. Cool. A lot of stories. <laughs> a lot of stories. A lot of and stories. And it, it's cool to have, like, a place to talk about them because... Yeah. 
they're brilliant both and, and you kind of forget don't you I mean since doing this I've just it's just made me just remember so many things like he he used to become obsessed with Rolex watches and we'd walk down the street and at the airport and he'd charge at people who were wearing Rolexes and obviously people would be like get off mm. you know and they wouldn't understand and then you have to explain like he's autistic <laughs> and it's just the obsession thing is amazing actually right? Greta is obsessed with the Muppets and she knows oh. every guest like that has been on everything about them and, and it is funny how stuff like crops up she's great in a pub quiz but yeah she gets yeah she definitely gets obsessed as well she loves young good-looking men so if there's anyone in that public place it beelines for them <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy the obsession thing I think as this progresses we'll we'll see a lot more of other people's experiences with that I mean he used to be obsessed with gates like opening and shutting gates and like you couldn't walk down yeah. the street did, did you have something similar Loretta did that as well she used to open and close all the oh gates on the way home yeah, this is what Aura is all about we now share something you know <laughs> yeah. and I think that's amazing imagine if we spoke to another 20 people and they all had similar stories it gets me so excited but, it's going to um, be amazing my last thought I think basically for me a really important thing that I've encountered and all the people that I've met through Loretta etc is the positive people mm-hmm. it, it helps and, and it's the only way to approach anything yeah is to be positive mm-hmm. um and actually recently we watched the peanut butter falcon oh, which stars this guy with down syndrome and Loretta is an actress and she's done <laughs> it like a few films and a she few has plays. Though, hasn't she? I think you should mention that. Plug. Well, she's been <laughs> in. She's actually um, in an episode of The Crown coming up. I love that. I love she that. Was in, she was in Les Miserables, the film in the background. That's a little superstar. Yeah, she was in a play with Hugh Grant. And um, oh my goodness. But, and so watching the Peanut Butter Falcon, who stars this amazing guy called Zach with Down syndrome, and all of seeing all the crew and the cast and everything talk about him. It's so encouraging because the film is all about, you know, not pitying and Mm -hmm. not wishing for anything other than than what you have and making the best of something. And he's Mm -hmm. amazing in it. And it's such a great film. It really changed the game for me. And I think that's super important as well is it's not, you don't want pity. You want to try and, you know, we've been through so much trauma. You want to try and put a positive spin on it and mm-hmm. and to be honest it's not even a facade like there is positives mm-hmm. so many positives we've got the best friend for life and yeah I think it's really important and I know it's hard to talk about this and I really really appreciate you being so open and amazing um and I just think that if these podcasts can help one person then we've achieved something um and just thank you for being such a special lady that you are. Um, <laughs> if anybody wants to follow Ellie, she's a wonderful musician and her Instagram is Ellie Rose Music. Is that right? That's correct. Well, thank Ellie. you so much for having me. And well done you. This is going to be epic. Oh, I'm I so excited. Well, thank you so much. And say bye to everyone. Bye. So thank you so much, those of you who tuned into the first episode of Aura. Uh, We'd love to know your thoughts as this is a new podcast and we'd love to be able to help you further. If there's any other topics you'd like us to discuss, we would love your input. So please let us know. Our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook is Join the Aura and our website is www.jointheaura.com. And of course, we'd love to see you next week as we expand the Aura. Hopefully see you then. Bye.